Thank you for coming back this evening, or coming if this is your first time here today. We're studying faith walkers. We spent a year of Sunday evenings on the topic of different people that walked by faith a couple of years ago, and we decided there were plenty left in Hebrews chapter 11 and the rest of the Bible, so we're tackling that again this year. And uh, we just finished a fairly lengthy study of Samuel. Uh, now we take tackle tonight. We got kind of a holiday weekend here, so I thought we'd just talk about Abel tonight. There's not much about him in the Bible, uh, but we can learn a few things about his faith walk, I think, and apply it to our faith walk. Uh, I might mention I usually try to give the song leaders a little clue of where I'm going on topics and things like that. And if I have any songs that pop into my head, I'll tell them this one might be a good one. I didn't have any uh, for Abel. I didn't think there were any songs in there that really fit this particularly. And Charles came up with one, number 213, he is Abel. Yeah, I mean, got a whole song about him. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Spelled it wrong, but other than that, it was a good song. All right, I said there wasn't much about Abel, and that's kind of interesting because he's the first one in the Hall of Faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is kind of where we took our guidance for this series. Hebrews chapter 11 lists a whole lot of people of faith, and the very first one listed in the Hall of Faith is Abel. second one listed is Enoch. Uh, together, there's hardly anything about Abel or Enoch in the Bible. In fact, I think there's probably a total of ten verses that tell Abel's story and Enoch's story uh, without all the extraneous stuff. There's just not much there. But God chose them for some reason to start the Hall of Faith, uh, to mention them first. Maybe it was because they were early in the, the history of man, but uh, maybe it was because... They're so ordinary. Uh, The next ones that come get more and more famous and more and more extraordinary from our point of view. Uh, Noah and Moses and Abraham, I mean, those are, you know, great stars of the faith. Uh, But Abel, all we know that he did was offer one sacrifice and get beat to death by his brother. Not much of a history. Uh, Enoch, we don't know anything about him except he lived a good life and God took him. Uh, that's who God starts with. So we're dealing with an ordinary person here. No great history, no great chapters written about him. Uh, just a few verses that tell us the story of Abel. So in fact, I decided there were so few, we'd just look at all of them tonight. Uh, see everything that the Bible has to say about Abel. And Cain, for that matter. I added the other ones about Cain so we know the the full story. Because actually in the story, we don't know the real punchline. We we don't know the real answer uh, to why Abel was recognized for his faith. But we'll see if we can figure it out anyway. So uh, let's look here. Genesis chapter 4 has the most complete story. And I just put the whole text on here, and we'll read through it and then stop and talk every once in a while about a few things. Uh, Genesis 4 says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. So Cain was the first baby born. 
she said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. All right, here's the start of the story, the root of the story. We've got two brothers, the first two brothers. Uh, both of them were farmers, but one of them farmed animals, and one of them farmed crops. Uh, both of them brought an offering uh, from the work of their hands. They brought something that they had produced, and for some reason, God approved of one, didn't approve of the other. And when God told them, evidently, that he was disapproving of Cain's sacrifice, uh, Cain got angry. All right, that's all we know so far. Now, it gets interesting. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? We can't skip this part of the story, but God deals with Cain here. Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, Cain said to his brother Abel, so, well, let's stop right there and talk about it just a second. God has this discussion with Cain, and you notice he didn't strike him dead or anything for offering the wrong offering, or whatever he did on the offering. He just told him, that's not good. That's not right. I didn't look with favor on that. And Cain gets upset. Cain gets mad. I guess he's mad at God. It doesn't say about the only person he could be mad at. Poor Abel hadn't done anything, but he took it out on Abel uh, eventually here. But it's kind of interesting that God didn't seem to be too harsh with him about the offering. He just said, if you do right, you'll be accepted. But anyhow, after God had had to talk to him, Cain had talked with his brother, with Abel, and said, let's go out in the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. The Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one else who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Okay, all kinds of questions in there. I can't answer for you. I know I can't answer them because we get them all the time on Know Your Bible. What's the mark of Cain? Uh, <laughs> where did Cain get his wife? On and on and on. And, yeah, we can tell you what likely happened, but not much beyond that. Uh, the story there of Cain being punished and all that is not overly uh, connected to our story, but now we know the whole story about Cain and Abel. 
Now, from that, we got the point already that God questioned Cain about his anger, and then he counseled him about resisting sin. And it's an interesting phrasing there. Uh, he, he, he told him, why are you angry? If you just do the right thing, you'll be accepted, but you're in danger. Sin is after you. Okay. Kind of takes us back to Sermon on the Mount a little bit, doesn't it? What's the problem? What's a big problem? Murder is a big problem. What's the real problem? Matter of the heart, the anger. Okay, uh, Yeah, he murdered his brother, but he did it because he got angry, and that's what God warned him about it. Hadn't sinned yet, but that was Abel's problem, evidently. I mean, Cain's problem was this temper, this anger, this problem he had. And God warned him. He said, you've got you to handle that. Sin wants to rule over you. Sin desires you. And you've got to deal with it. You've got to take control and rule over it. Obviously, Cain didn't. Cain killed Abel. And then the curse came, and God marked him so he would be kept alive. Okay, a few other verses in the New Testament that comment on this so we learn a little bit more. Uh, Hebrews 11.4, sort of the start of our chapter of faith. It says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. So far, all we knew was that God favored one and he didn't favor the other one. We don't know why. The writer of Hebrews adds that one was better than the other one. It would the offering was better. By faith, Abel brought it. And by faith, Abel was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. So the writer of Hebrews knew we'd be preaching about it tonight, uh, 2,000 years after he wrote about it. So he's right. Abel's still teaching us lessons. Uh, so we've learned Abel's offering was better. We don't know why. We know he was commended as righteous, which obviously what made Cain mad. Uh, and all of that came by faith. And now, 1 John 3.12. And we really ought to read much more than just verse 12 but <clears throat> to get the whole drift of it. But 1 John 3.12 says, Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. And now we learned a little bit more about the offerings here. We're piecing a few things together that might help us as we talk about faith walking. Cain's actions before the murder were evil. He's not, John's not talking about the murder being evil. It was the reason for the murder that he was evil. Catch that? Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his actions were evil. Because what he did was evil and what his brother did was righteous. And so that's a little stronger language, isn't it, than just one offering favorable and one unfavorable. He, in fact, he goes as far as to say he belonged to the evil one. Okay, and then Jude 11, and this is the one we ought to read 
ways around it too, and you can do that when you get home. But Jude says, woe to them, and he's talking about evil people. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. He throws a, a lot of infamous people here together. I don't think the three that he mentions here and the ones that he mentions before that he's talking about, I don't think they did the same thing wrong. But their error was they didn't act by faith. Okay, You go back and read the story of Korah and his rebellion. Uh, he didn't trust God that Moses was the leader. He wanted to be a leader of some sort. Balaam, he didn't want to trust God. He wanted to keep... He wanted to make a little money off of his project, so he didn't want to trust God. So Jude lumps all these people together and implies that they all did the same thing wrong. Well, their sins are obviously different things, so it's got to come back to the fact that they all didn't act by faith. Don't, don't take the way of Cain. Walk by faith. Don't take the way of Balaam. Walk by faith. Don't take... The way of Korah, walk by faith. Okay, so that's all we learn from the the, uh, the Bible about Cain and Abel. Now, just some observations over on the back, and, and we'll see if we can figure out what Cain might have done wrong besides murder his brother. Uh, I think it's interesting that both Cain and Abel were raised in the same family, were taught to worship by the same parents. They came out pretty different, didn't they? We don't know exactly how they came out different yet, but they were individuals. They chose different ways. It's a mystery as to what they did differently, except we know Cain brought uh, stuff from the ground and Abel brought uh, something from the flocks, but we'll worry about that in just a moment here. Uh, both raised by the same parents, both taught to worship. That's the only place they could have learned to worship, uh, I guess. God might have talked to them personally, but we don't have any record of that. So I assume Adam was doing the, the patriarchal thing and telling them what God said. Um, anybody ever have that situation where you raise two or three or four kids same way you think and... They come out different. <laughs> There's a deal, and it? It, it always comes out different. You know, maybe not to this extent, maybe not to fratricide in the family, but that's <laughs> pretty serious dysfunction. But uh, they come out different. What do you think Adam and Eve thought about that? I mean, that still messes us up today, doesn't it? Parents still worry about that. What did I do wrong? You know, do you understand Adam and Eve were the first? They had absolutely no role models. They probably really messed them up. They probably thought, man, <laughs> we started it all off and we messed it up. And they did. But they had nobody to, to well, they didn't have anybody to blame for that matter. Uh, but they didn't have anybody to explain it either. They just raised the first two kids in the world and one of them turned out pretty good and one of them didn't. So it's 
still going on in this world. Don't uh, don't think you're unique because your kids turn out differently. They got this thing called free will that God gave them, and Cain was old enough to make his own choices. Uh, okay, second thing I thought of was that God's will was only one generation away from them. It was basically firsthand. Now, I know that this book is firsthand. I know the Holy Spirit wrote it down, and he got everything exactly right, and when I open it up and read something that God says, it's just like God talking to me. I know that. But that's still different than mom and dad saying, God spoke to us when we were walking in the garden and told us this. Because that's what they heard. Mom and dad walked in the garden every day with Jehovah God. And as they raised these boys, they told them. I mean, I assume they did. That's the only way the boys could have learned about it. And they taught them what God had said, and here's how he taught us to worship, or whatever that was, we don't know. And here's what we did, and hopefully Adam didn't say, and here's what your mom did. But (laughs) it's an old joke about that, by the way. Remember that joke? Uh, Yeah, Adam and Abel were walking past walking in one day, and they went past, all of a sudden there's a flaming angel over there by this gate. And Abel says, Dad, what's that place? And Adam said, that's where your mom made us out of house and home. <laughs> Just bonus tonight. That didn't, wasn't even in the notes. Um, <laughs> anyhow, that struck me as interesting that... The, God's will, Toby's writing that one down. He said, that was a good one. (laughs) That that God's will was only one generation away. Can you imagine hearing from your folks, God spoke to me. I mean, we were there and told us that. And still, Cain didn't get it. Uh, Okay. Also, I think it's interesting that both Cain and Abel desired to worship uh, Cain wasn't a complete reprobate prodigal. I mean, he hadn't left home and quit and said, I don't want anything to do with God anymore. And all. He was, I think, trying to do it. Well, we don't know the details, and that's what's kind of fascinating about this story. But they both desired to worship. We have an inborn desire to worship. And both of these boys worshipped in their, in their way, what they Thought was right, evidently. Okay, so those are just some kind of interesting things from the story. Now, the real conundrum is to try to figure out what Cain do wrong. You know, I mean, the murder was wrong. We know that. The anger was wrong. But what was wrong with the offering? Why was one better than the other? Well, we could discuss that the rest of the night and not figure it out. But here's some guesses. Uh, the easiest guess is it's, he just used the wrong thing. Uh, he gave vegetables instead of meat. Yeah, I mean, and because of the rest of the Old Testament, where the flocks and the firstborn and all that's so important, but we get in trouble there because God did have grain offerings. Uh, grain was accepted. Things from the ground were accepted for certain things. 
But that's still the easiest guess as well. He was supposed to get a uh, lamb from the shepherd, brother. He could have traded some of his grain for it and bought it and all that. That's what he should have done. And that's got a little validity because of the second thing is there was no bloodshed in Cain's offering. Now, there always has to be bloodshed to atone for sin. And we don't know exactly what God told them or how he regulated things or whatever, but there wasn't any bloodshed if you just grow some vegetables or grain and take it and offer it. Could have been the problem. Maybe it wasn't the substance that was wrong or the material. Maybe it was that he was just too casual about it. You notice that it says about Abel's offering that he brought the fat portions from the firstborn. He didn't just bring an animal. He brought the really good stuff. He went all out, got the best part of his flock, the best part of the best part of his flock, and that was what he offered. And maybe, I'm just guessing here, maybe Cain just said, okay, it's time to offer. I'll take a bushel of this and a bushel of that. Maybe he didn't take the best. Or maybe it was a little worse than that. Maybe he had the wrong motivations. He was just going through the motions. This doesn't really mean anything. I just got to take something to God and I'll take it. I really don't care what I do or how I do it. Matter of the heart kind of thing. Now I throw all of those out there. I don't know the answer. I don't know why God approved of one offering and didn't approve of the other. Maybe it's a combination of all of those things. But when we don't have the specific answer, we got to go back to what we do know. And what we do know, in fact, the only thing we know for absolute sure is that Abel's was by faith. And Cain's somehow wasn't. That's what Hebrews tells us. That's what Genesis tells us uh, that that's what we got. Is Abel, whatever he did, was by faith. Cain, whatever he did wrong, he didn't do it by faith. Okay, what's that mean? What's this by faith thing? Well, I put a little sentence down here that's about as simple as I can make it. Abel obeyed or did obediently whatever God revealed to him. I don't know if God said you got to offer lambs. I don't know if he said you got to offer the firstborn of a flock or you got to buy it. You got to take it at this time of day. You got to go through these. I don't know what he told him. But Abel did it and Cain didn't. And because of that, because of the offering, one's called a better offering. I know that because of the offering, God said, I accept that one. I don't have favor on that one. That's when the real problem started. Is Cain got angry. Uh, so angry that he killed his brother. But uh, I don't know if God told him to be bring meat or the blood had to be shed or what, because we aren't told that. But Abel did it by faith. Yeah. Can't be a more broad or a better 
explanation or a, a point for this series, faith walking. What's faith walking? We we look at all these guys where we see specifically they did something by faith. They did something that was magnificent, that was amazing. And Moses opened the Red Sea by faith. I mean, that's a biggie. Yeah, and we see all those biggie things. And then we get to this one from an ordinary guy that's just got a few verses written about him. And we don't even know what he did, why it was good. All we know is whatever God told him, he did it. Obediently. Pretty good game plan for faith walking. <laughs> what he says, I do it. If he says something, I don't do it. Whether I do the wrong thing or whether I do it with the wrong attitude or whether I'm too casual, it doesn't matter what the reason is. If I don't do what I know to do, I'm not doing it by faith. Now, a lot of these things are applicable to worship. And we're going to close with just a little bit off the track here, but I think it's important that we think about it. Uh, The wrong thing, doing the wrong thing in worship, offering grain instead of meat or something like that, being too casual about it, taking it too lightly, not having your heart involved in it, all those are problems in worship. Can be problems in worship. Okay. I think the danger with this story and the error that we've made with it sometimes is that we limit it to worship. Okay, I think Abel's a whole lot bigger picture than just worship. Because God didn't even tell us what he did wrong in worship. He just said what he did... Uh, what Cain did was not acceptable. What Abel did was acceptable, and it was acceptable because he did it by faith. And if we're trying to learn how to be faith walkers, that ought to be what we get out of this. Not just about one hour on Sunday morning. We, we ought to think of it as, okay, what do I know God wants me to do? Okay, And if I do that with the right heart and everything else, I'm walking by faith. Now, I said there's a danger here of restricting it to worship. Uh, one, One reason I think it's a danger is because what he did with the offering was started the problem, but the murder actually came from the anger because God corrected him and told him it wasn't acceptable. Cain had other problems. And it ended up in murder because of those problems. And we don't know what they all were, but to take this and just stick it back on the worship is the only thing to worry about, I think, is a little dangerous. The other reason I bring that up is because sometimes I read stuff written by people in our fellowship, in the brotherhood, and they argue about things to do in worship or not do in worship. And some of them, I would say, are a little bit 
more conservative than I am, and some I would say are a little more liberal than I am, using those terms. Uh, they limit things that I wouldn't limit, or they permit things that I don't think are wise or, or something. Uh, there's a lot of discussion and argument and all that about one hour on Sunday morning. Probably a whole lot more than there ought to be. But there is always turmoil about that. And one reason I mention this is when I look at the arguments for limiting things that don't seem to me are biblically limited, uh, that they just got a little different philosophy or doctrine of certain things in certain areas, it almost always comes down to the argument is not here's a verse where God said this, but it almost always comes down to talking about Cain and Nadab and Abihu. That's not a convincing argument. That's an interesting thought, and we ought to think about that. Yeah, Cain did something wrong, and God didn't find favor with him. Okay? They having a bayou did something wrong, and God really didn't find favor with them. Okay? But to apply that to anything that we don't think somebody ought to do in worship is dangerous territory. We ought to have some Bible for it instead of just throwing out Cain and Nadab and Abihu as the reason. Okay? So, and those of you that understand what I'm talking about and read some of the same kind of things, hopefully understand what I'm saying. For those of you that don't have a clue, well, God bless you. Just go right on worshiping the way you're worshiping. You're doing fine. But this is an area where we take this story and say, we don't even know what Cain did wrong, but we say, okay, you can't do that because Cain got in trouble for it. Well, no, he got in trouble for something else. Anyhow, so that's just the little caveat I want to end with. We can't use by faith and Cain and Nadab and Abihu to bind traditions on other people. Well, we better have some Bible before we do that. All right. So, Abel, minor character in the Bible, but probably one of the best examples we've had so far of faith walking. God reveals something to us, whatever it is, we do it obediently. If we don't, in any way, in any shape, form, or however Cain didn't do it, he won't find favor with us. So, Walk by faith. The lesson is yours. If you're here this evening and need to respond in some way, well, I'll be here at the front to receive you. We're going to stand and sing. If you have any need, come.